This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Hi there. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. How you feeling, Western North Carolina? It's kind of one of those weird days, isn't it? I just want to go home and go back to bed. (laughs) I feel it. I I finally turned off the television about 3.30 this morning. Uh, It's quite the quagmire we find ourselves in, and who knows where the end in sight is. But... Our job is to entertain and to distract, so we're going to do our best job of that over the next two hours here on ESPN. Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, In the sports world today, I guess the biggest story in the sports world is the coronavirus. We got it again. The uh, the San Francisco 49ers shutting down their practice facilities after Kendrick Bourne tested positive for the coronavirus. Although, the Packers are still scheduled to get on their flight tonight to go to San Francisco to play on Thursday Night Football tomorrow. Jeremy, do you think that this game is going to happen? Uh, yes. You didn't ask a specific enough question. Okay. Uh, what's the, you're going to have to tell me. I don't know what specific question. Do I think this game is going to happen? Yes. Do I think this game is going to happen tomorrow? Not particularly. Mm, Okay. All right. So you can see this game being moved to Saturday. I I don't. Sunday or Tuesday or Wednesday or happy days. I don't know. (laughs) Hey. Roger Goodell needs a secretary because this scheduling thing is becoming a nightmare. It is indeed. Uh, But the Green Bay Packers dealing with COVID issues themselves as they've got a couple of guys on the COVID list. And now the 49ers have shut down their practice facility. Um, Another wide receiver going down for them. They just can't catch a break. They're like the most cursed team of 2020. All of the injuries that have stacked up against them, we have written them off. I mean, they're 4-4, four and four, but there's no hope for the rest of the season for this team. Jimmy Garoppolo's out indefinitely. George Kittle's done for the year. They lost Bosa. They've lost so many, so many players to injury, and now... What they they're trotting out Nick Mullins and uh, Jamichael Hasty, and who's going to be the other star offensive player for them? Uh, Debo Samuel's not wow. to play. So Brandon Ayuk, there you go. You're trotting out a team with Nick Mullins, Jamichael Hasty, and Brandon Ayuk. That's good luck. Not good. Good luck against the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> That that's not a particularly strong squad. If you're uh, uh-uh. no, no, it's it's not looking good. Uh, but and if you uh, believe in such things, the Green Bay Packers are a five and a half point favorite. That feels like not enough number to me. <laughs> One would think, 
However, are they going to be able to run the ball against the Green Bay Packers like they did in the NFC Championship last year, like Minnesota did against Green Bay last week? You know what those two teams have in common? They have a running back you've heard of. This team doesn't. That's true. I mean, I like Jermichael Hasty. don't get me wrong, but good gracious. He's not a horrible back. He's fine. You know what he's not? Dalvin Cook. Or Raheem Mostert. Nope. Uh, And and this fantasy football thing, it just keeps getting harder and harder and harder. I actually, I I wish I had known this is how this season was going to go. Because I have an idea for a fantasy football league that I think would be a lot of fun. Okay. Here's my premise. All right. You draft 16 players. And you're not allowed to make any moves. Okay. No moves. Okay. As time goes on, every time you have a player that misses a game, right? they're out. Just completely. Last team to have a player standing wins. <laughs> so they miss a game. They're no longer eligible for the rest of the season? Yes. They're gone. Hmm. Once you miss a game, you no longer accumulate points. Ooh. You know what? I, I've already cracked the code. This is like best ball on steroids. I feel like I've already cracked the code. What are you going to do? Try to play 16 kickers? Uh, no, I'm drafting Frank Gore. Uh, yeah, because he's a Terminator. <laughs> right, he's never going down. And Adrian Peterson, also a Terminator. <laughs> doesn't matter if he plays or not. Doesn't matter if he does well. He's going to be the last guy standing at the end. He's like the cockroach of the NFL. Oh, there's that's nothing. Not nice. It's true. You're right, there's not- nothing that will kill this guy. <laughs> When the when the world no, watch I say that he's going to get hurt. When, when the world ends, the only things left will be uh, Twinkies and Frank Gore. And <laughs> if you're calculating, that's supposed to happen about four days from now. So. <laughs> Thankfully, we haven't gotten to that point. I'm going to go hang out with Katniss Everdeen and just wait for things to go sideways. <laughs> the, uh, the Hunger Games are upon us. And Peta. Oh, Peta Malark. That's the most annoying name in the history of movies. By the way, it is. Every time I would see it on screen, I'm like, put the R on it. Put the R on it! <laughs> Peter. Old, old people for the ethical treatment of animals there. Ugh. It's gross. I'm just, I, I know way like, too like, much just, about the Hunger Games movies. I don't want to know anything about them, and I know too much. I just know that hand signal uh, that I've been making at people randomly all day. Everybody you, want gets me to tell you, the, you, you want me to tell you the number one thing that makes people uncomfortable? When you give them the uh, Hunger Games salute at the gas station. Might have done that to a few people earlier. Did you do the whistle? I did. You have to do the whistle because if you don't do the whistle, then that's just the Boy, Cout, Boy Scout salute. Yep, I was today years old when I found out that was the Boy Scout salute. I thought you were in the Boy Scouts. What about me <laughs> makes you think I was ever a Boy Scout? Uh, I don't know. I can. I maybe don't even wear. Maybe it's your damaged psyche. I don't even wear shoes with laces. <laughs> like I can't even tie shoes. <laughs> I mean, I can. I just can't right. be bothered to. Yeah, you'd, you'd have no chance with a bowling knot. No. Just... <laughs> nope. And if you ask me to tie a boat off, uh, you can just assume you're going to float off into water. Has that happened before? I, uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it happened one time a few different times. <laughs> you got to stop. You got to stop boating and drinking. My That's dad not... didn't. It, it took my dad several instances of that happening to find out maybe we shouldn't let him tie the slip off. Or maybe we should teach him how. Uh, that would have made way more sense. Right, right. Rather than just going, hey, 
try to wrap this around that little hook the best you can. Yeah, I feel like that's that probably was the the path of least resistance there. Yep. Uh, we got a lot of people on the uh, on the COVID list right now in the NFL, though. The Baltimore Ravens putting seven guys on the list yesterday, including Matthew Judon and Patrick Queen. Uh, Baltimore doesn't have any linebackers left. They're they going could, to play a game with no linebackers, right? You think they could uh, they could find one maybe on the uh, on the waiver wire? I mean, one would think because they're probably going to have to, right? But uh, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens they've got seven on. Andy Dalton has gone on now. As we mentioned, there are no running backs alive for the uh, for the Green Bay Packers. There could be a chance that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the guy, but. They need him to come back from his injury. And if not, they'll be rolling out Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin. And I'm actually at a point in some fantasy leagues where I'm having to consider, do I pick up Tyler Irvin this week? (laughs) It can't be that Should I just leave it blank? Would I be doing myself just Ooh, as never good of a service? That. Just leave the running back spot, the running back sp- spot blank. I'll I screwed it up again. I did win a league a few weeks ago where I didn't play a defense, a kicker, or a tight end. That's bold. I have never not played a running back. Yep. Now that's the thing I want to do. <laughs> now that's the thing I want to do. That's the thing I want to do now. <laughs> well, my best option, uh, rather than picking somebody else up, is uh, Devontae Freeman. Coming off an of injury, oh. yeah, yeah. Let's let's roll out there with that. Oh, that's that's a horrible team. I've got so many teams that are like that, though. And I know fantasy football players. If you play fantasy football and you're in more than one league and you didn't get lucky as hell, you're in the same position that I am. I think I have one league where I haven't had anybody go down, except for uh, Melvin Gordon when Melvin Gordon got sick, quote unquote. For that one game after he got his DUI. Still don't think he was sick. But that's just me. Look at you being all cynical and such. That's my job. <laughs> but I think that's I think only one league. Only one league have I not been touched. And, and, and in some, I'm in the Tyler Irvin situation. I was so angry that I didn't wager enough fab dollars to get Jordan Wilkins. Ugh. Right. It's how bad we are right now. In the fantasy football landscape. I'm, I'm still maintaining. Somebody needs to take up my mantle and start a... Literally a survivor league. Okay. I'm in. I like it. I like your idea. Um, but, but, of course, it would only happen in hindsight. It would only be good in hindsight. Correct. Because next year there won't be this many injuries, hopefully. And now what are you doing? Coming up tonight in college football, we got a full slate of games. We got six games tonight in college football, if you were not aware. It's action time. And you know what we have uh, later on in this hour? Green on green. Yeah. All six games against the spread. Let's do this. <laughs> He's going to pound them all. I am. I, I don't have a shot. I might try to find one on soccer. <laughs> you don't have a shot. No, no, no. I don't. Usually it's six pack and a shot. Oh, okay. I don't you have a you. shot. Oh, I have I a six pack of Maxion. Right on. 
This is how desperate I am to not talk about politics. <laughs> I am willing to do a whole segment of betting picks on Mac football. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we got the golden flashes and the zips and the Chippewas. Oh, it's just... <laughs> it's a magical time. <laughs> it's just a wonderful mascot amalgamation of weirdness. Tonight. It's a, it's a great time to be alive. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, the important thing is, if you're looking for something to do tonight, you got something to do. Rather than drive yourself crazy with what's going on at the national level and watching the numbers and watching the percentages drop and increase yeah, don't and drop and don't, increase. Don't, don't do any of that. No. If you're going to do that, let me, give you an, uh, let me give you a better idea. Go to YouTube search Rick Astley never going to give you up and just watch that on a loop. And and don't stop all night long. You'll and if you think about changing it and you're going to go to CNN or MSNBC, turn it up louder. Right. Much, much louder. All right. We want to get into college football in this first hour of the program because, you know, it just hasn't really had the same tune to it this year. The same what? The same tune. Tune. Yeah, to college football. Not the word I thought you said. <laughs> what did did you think I said I something bad? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was another one of those words that I'm 95 percent sure you make up the vast majority of the time. Well, you know, uh, we got the Pac-12 kicking off this weekend. Whether it matters or not, or not, or not. No, I'm leaning on or not as well. I mean, there's an outside chance should one team. Be able to play all seven games plus the championship, win who's the, who's all eight of them. Who's I have team? no idea. I, I mean, I, I, if I had to put money on it, I would say it's USC, but I don't I, feel great about it. I still have to. I, I mean, I'm going to keep doing this until it stops being fun for me. Uh-huh. If you've ever legitimately Oregon's seven or six game schedule, because they're only playing six and the seventh one's the championship. Game. Oh, wow. Okay. Oregon's schedule is possibly the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay. Stanford, Washington State, UCLA, Oregon State, Cal, Washington. Jeez. Yikes. I mean, that so is play written. No. They, they, I think they would, they would play them in the, in uh, the title game. Yeah. Right. Wow. That is horrendous. That is. That is a very bad schedule in a very bad league. Don't pay attention to the national media or the West Coast media that might be trying to sell you on the fact that the Pac-12 has a legitimate shot at the college football playoff, it's not happening. Is that actually a thing? It is a thing. I think the West Coast media is just as alarmed that the Pac-12 starts this weekend. Like, (laughs) oh, that's now? No, no, no. They are are truly convinced that the Pac-12 is one of the best top-to-bottom leagues in college football. And that they cannibalize each other. that is lunacy. Right. They cannibalize each other, and that's why they haven't had a team, an elite team, who was able to run through the schedule and be in the college football playoff conversation for the last four years? Is it four years since Oregon made it? Yes. Right. The the Mariota year. So 2015, so it was five years. Yeah, five years. Okay. Because it was Mariota against Jameis Winston. Right. And that did not go well for us. <laughs> uh, can we talk about something that I feel like you haven't given enough credence to? Absolutely. Do you know 
that there is a better than zero chance that as of the end of this weekend, Cincinnati and BYU are both in the top five. <laughs> yes, I am aware. I am aware. You've got several games, or two games, namely, ahead of them. Yep. You got Georgia. BYU's jumping two spots regardless. Yeah, you it got, doesn't matter what happens. You got Georgia and Florida. Mm-hmm. And you got Notre Dame and Clemson. Mm-hmm. Those are both teams in the top ten. All four of those teams are ahead of BYU and Cincinnati, correct? All four of those teams are ahead of BYU. Florida is behind Cincinnati. Florida's behind Cincinnati. Okay. But when Florida beats Georgia, they probably leave Cincinnati. It's not Cincinnati. going to happen. I don't want to hear your negativity. It's it's Wednesday. I had a rough night, and I would really appreciate it if you would not spread your negativity on me today. So, <laughs> just since you just said that, I'm going to do it much louder and much more frequently than I was going to before. Exactly. Uh, yes, Georgia and Florida play this weekend. Um, we, we'll go over that game in just a little bit. Uh, we got Clemson and Notre Dame. We'll go over that game in just a little bit. So there is, there is a possibility that there will be two spots available mm-hmm. for BYU. And they're not going to vacate. They're not going anywhere. If, I hate to break this to you. If they lose to Boise State on Friday, I'm going to be insufferable. I just want you to know that. They're not gonna. I realize they're probably not gonna. And then they play. But a kid can hope, okay? Do you know what they end their schedule out with after that? BYU? Yeah. A whole lot of nothing. Because they have a week off. This is the only. They play two games in the whole uh, month of November. Okay. They play Boise State on Friday. Uh Uh-huh. Then they play North Alabama on the 21st of November. Ooh. They don't play another game for a month. Really? Mm-hmm. They play San Diego State. So they'll just be sitting at home all 9-0, just letting all of the carnage happen in front of them. <laughs> right. That's awful. I think we need to mentally prepare ourselves for the playoff. Could be Clemson and Alabama and Cincinnati and BYU. <sighs> I really don't. I really. I still don't see the path for it. The only impediment to that is Ohio State wins out. That's it. Which I think is probably likely. Um, I'm not as sold on that. Who do you think they lose to? I, I don't know. You I just don't think have they'll trip up to somebody. I do because they haven't looked elite enough. They haven't looked good, in my opinion. And I think as time goes on, they could get caught. Yeah. I mean, and, and so could Cincinnati, and so could BYU. Absolutely. But if they don't. Well, I mean, BYU can't if they don't get caught on Friday. Yeah, that's really the <laughs> only one. But here's the thing. If they don't, one of them's going to be in the playoff. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. Yeah. I mean, unless there's, a, unless there's a one-loss SEC champion. Doesn't matter. I think it will. Well, because the SEC champion is going to be Alabama, who, who will have no losses. That's not even debatable. But what I'm saying is that you don't know that to be true. I do. And do we need to? Should there be an upset in the SEC championship game? There would be no question. Do I need to bring out my finger guns again? Cowboy hat minute. Hey, I said I didn't want you spreading your negativity, but 
Florida's got a path as well. Uh, no, they don't because they have a crazy person as their head coach, <laughs> and I and I'm here for it. <laughs> Dan Mullen is was quite the sight to see on Saturday. He is a crazy person, and I am a huge fan of it. Dan Mullen, justified or not. We'll talk about it up next right here on ESPN Asheville. like this song. I don't know why this can't became but such a big joke. Uh have you ever seen Rick Astley? <laughs> I have. <laughs> he looks like he should be working for tech support or oh, something like that. This was one of the this is one of my favorite music references in in Family Guy history. When Brian did the Rick Astley video. Oh, and he's got the guitar? Uh-huh. It was one of the greatest things ever. I still want to know who who looked at a piano and a guitar and went, I can combine those. I can make those into one god-awful sounding thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't see much guitar anymore. You don't. You really don't. And I don't think you're ever gonna. Because everybody was like, yeah, that was cool for a, a year. And then we were like, yeah, that's kind of stupid. You can buy a wireless one right now for 350 bucks. A wireless keytar? Uh-huh. Nice. A why would you want one? Oh no. Just giving <laughs> you the information. <laughs> I feel like that is one of those uh one of those skills that you're never really ever gonna use, and nobody's ever really gonna think it's cool. Um and it's like the guy who knows secretly knows how to play the accordion. You don't tell people that. You know who would think it was cool? Molly Ringwald would think it was cool. <laughs> well, unfortunately, she's not in my my circle of friends. Missing out. <laughs> uh, you're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, this hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. The question on the table is... Is Dan Mullen justified or not for his actions on Saturday in the Missouri game? My opinion on this is probably not going to be overly popular. Okay. I and, and I need to preface this with, I hate Florida with every fiber of my soul. As a Florida State fan, it is really hard for me to say anything positive about Florida. Mm-hmm. I didn't have not one problem with it. I did. I mean, I had, a, I had a problem with him going out on the field and, like, storming the field and going after officials and being as crazy as he was. I didn't have any problem with him thinking that that was, there should have been a flag thrown, absolutely, but there's a, I don't know, to me, there's a, a better way to handle that, and I don't think that's too out of the realm. <laughs> I mean, I get a, you get fired up, but I think part of Dan Mullen is a crazy person. He is. And he claimed that he was running out on the field to, uh, you know, pull his players back. Mm-hmm. He led the charge, though, did he? No. <laughs> and w- one of the things he's gotten a lot of flack for is coming back through the tunnel and inciting the crowd. Oh, yeah. What did you expect him to do? He's a lunatic. See, I didn't have any problem with that. I didn't have any oh, problem with I was with shocked him. how many people have. With him amping up the crowd again? Uh-huh. I-, I mean, I get it. But as a coach, you want 
you know, you want to have that atmosphere. Hey, remember, he was the one that said after the Texas A&M game that he wanted to pack the swamp. And then they ended up obviously having the COVID outbreak and had to cancel that next game. But yeah, that didn't that that one didn't age well. It didn't go well well for him. But but he wants that atmosphere, and that's the only way I I think that he thought he could make that atmosphere carry over to the second half with such with with a smaller crowd in the stadium than he would have wanted. I didn't have a problem with any of that. I had more of a problem of him setting that example for his players of being the, you know, off-kilter guy in the situation. I had absolutely no issue with it. Uh, Because to me, it was a dirty play. It it absolutely was. And And I had no qualms with the players going after each other. When you hit a quarterback like that, you rest assured... It's not going to go well unless, unless you it, unless it's the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. In which case they just go, oh oh no, <laughs> you okay, not, Andy? Not Andy. Yeah. What are we going to do? <laughs> Heard like hell, didn't it? Get up. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah, that's not the way you. Not the way they see. Florida responded properly uh, to a point. Once you start throwing punches, though, that gets into a whole different ball game. Um, and, and really, I mean, Georgia was the big winner in all of that. Because the players that got suspended... Were suspended for both games against Georgia? Yep, yeah. Missouri's off this week. They play Georgia next week. So the players who were suspended for Florida have to sit out for the first half of the Georgia game. And the same thing for Missouri. All those players have to sit out for the first half of the Georgia game in two weeks. Georgia really the big winner out of that whole thing. Um, but no, I mean... I. I can't stand the pearl clutching that goes on about, oh, I can't believe Dan Mullen really responded that way. Really? Did he surprise you all that much? You're stunned. Like, stunned that Dan Mullen reacted that way. I mean, there are, you know, there are a few coaches probably in college football that would surprise me if they did that. Dan Mullen's not one of them. Mm-mm. Will Muschamp either. I've always thought there's a ticking time bomb inside that guy. Will Muschamp? Yeah. You mean the Jay Gruden of college football? <laughs> right. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Oh, is this a thing? Uh-uh. No, there's, there's just a... A, they kind of look alike. A little bit. B, there have been some, you know, unsavory pictures taken of both of them. Gotcha. Okay. I thought you were referring to their success as coaches. Uh, no, they're, 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 neither one of them are particularly good at that. Right. I mean, they're they're equal. Their suckitude is equal. They're also really bad at staying away from cameras. Apparently. Hmm. Interesting. We'll have to check that out. Will Muschamp and Jay Gruden. Well, that's not how you're going to find it. I mean, it's not like they took pictures together. They just both had. They had similar, similarly nefarious things get caught on camera. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. I thought this was like a meme that I had missed out uh-uh. on or something. Nope. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we know Dan Mullen is a crazy person. Jeremy, you, you ready to get just a bit outside? Yeah. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right. Here's the 411, folks. We're dominated with football season right now, but uh, there are a couple of headlines in the NBA that I would like addressed. Uh, The first one 
is that apparently the Boston Celtics have offered several teams three first-round draft picks to move up in the lottery, and no one wants to take them up on that uh, on that idea. And I don't know why. I don't either. Like you, you, you have the pick at what fourteen, and then like twenty-seven and thirty, and nobody wants to package those three for like the eight. I mean, I don't know. I maybe, just can't figure out who it is that they want. Maybe they're trying to move up to like four or something. So I could probably, I could understand. Like if you've I, got your I guy, don't get that I think the different. Literally, there is virtually no difference to me between. Three and thirteen, right? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But like, maybe, no matter where you are, you know, maybe Danny Ainge has his sights set on Devin Vassell and uh, and thinks that he needs to get up to eight to get him. Could be. I, I have no. I have no inside information on that. I'm just thinking, who could it be? And Devin Vassell seems to be a guy who I think would fit with that culture in Boston. Uh huh. And so that's that's who I'm banking on that they want. But I don't know that to be true. I mean, heck, they could be trying to move all the way up to try to get James Weissman at like three. James Weissman's not going to go that high. He won't go that high? I don't think so. Really? I'm not going to be shocked if he falls a decent way. He has not been the most, um, let's see how I should say this, popular around NBA circles. Hmm. I've heard stories. I don't know anything definitively. Let's just say his attitude has rubbed a few people the wrong way. Yeah, I could I could understand that. Um and drawing conclusions, I would imagine it's probably a quite entitled uh attitude that he has. Um just looking back at the you know, the scandal that he was involved with at, at Memphis and wanted the NCAA to Forgive and forget, and kind of pitched a fit when they didn't. So I could see that. Hmm, interesting. I didn't think of him as a fall. I thought he was a guaranteed top three. But you're saying teams are being turned off by his attitude. Correct. Okay. The other headline I saw was that apparently the Philadelphia 76ers want to go after James Harden. Which it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me because you you already have a player on your team that can't play off the ball. Uh, yeah, and you have several players that don't play any defense. So, <laughs> I mean, I feel like you're steering into a skid here that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Like, you're going to take the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands because that's the way to use him. It's not good. The kid has to have the ball in his hands to be successful. And this seems like it would just be another... I mean, obviously, you're, I don't think you're going to question it. If they did make this move and James Harden comes over, there's no doubt who's handling the ball. It's James Harden, right? You're not even splitting them bringing it up the floor between him and Simmons. Do you agree? Oh, I, I disagree with that, yeah. Okay. Harden can work as just a shooter. He's just not as effective. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons, on the other hand, it's not good because he can't he's not a shooter. Anybody, and he's not a shooter. He's a driver. That's it. He's got some handles. He can pass, and he can drive the lane. It's pretty much all he can do. About it. Yeah. So, anywho, any NBA draft is uh, coming up in just eleven days. 
which feels weird. That does feel weird. I hadn't realized that until you just said it. It's November 15th, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So, yeah, 11 days. Or no, the 18th. It's November 18th. It's a Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so I was wrong. So it's, it's two weeks, two weeks, from, weeks from, today. from today. Two weeks from today will be the NBA draft, and we'll, uh, we'll have more coverage on that as we get closer to it. But obviously, most everything dominated by football right now. So, you know, we've been talking about Wisconsin and how it's entirely likely that, it, that they're not going to have the ability to play in their conference title game because the Big Ten can't rework their schedule to, to uh, play postponed games. Right. Told you that story to tell you this story. Conference USA has rescheduled seven football games that were postponed earlier this season because of COVID-19 issues. All will be played the first two weeks of December. And the Big Ten can't figure this out. Mm-hmm. Well, they started to. little itty bitty teeny tiny Conference USA. And one of the others, the Big Big Ten. Well, they started too late. They can't keep everything on schedule. Kind of my point. Right. Kind of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's laughable to me. I'll be honest with you. I've said this, and and I haven't looked, you know, as intricately to see how much effect this has had. If I was a kid, and I'm being recruited to play college football, there is no shot I would even answer the phone for a Big Ten team. Or a Pac-12 team, for that matter. Not even Ohio State? Nope. No, I would not. Hmm. I don't. I, I have no interest in anything you have to say to me. I don't think Ohio State's going to take that hit. Uh, Ohio State's currently two in recruiting rankings, but there's not a whole lot of Big Ten teams in the top twenty-five. And like Penn State's at twenty-seven, Nebraska's twenty-eight. Mm-hmm. It is certainly having an effect. Oh yeah, and I think it's gonna. I think Ohio State's the only one that survives, though. Yeah, Ohio State probably doesn't. Ohio State's two. Yeah, and they've never had a problem with recruiting. And has the number one recruit in the nation, and he is a bad dude, Jack Sawyer. He's a defensive end. Really? Oh yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I will share a fun little Jack Sawyer hype video on my Twitter right now, because <laughs> that kid is. You just keep that one in your pocket. Just, no, I just know where one is. You just look at it on a on a rainy day and go, no, "That kid's coming." No, I'm a I'm in a I'm in a group with a bunch of people that do what we do, right? And we get to talking about high school kids or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I so happen to know somebody. He's from uh, Pickerington, Ohio. Pickerington. Pickerington. Okay. I only remember that because it's a really funny name, and I totally misread it the first time. And butchered it. And laughed about it. Yep, sure did. <laughs> uh, but I know somebody that lives close to there that has shown some highlights of this kid. Right. He looks subhuman. He's going to have to put on a little weight at the next level, but he that could be the next great pass rusher. Uh, uh, seriously. Okay. He's, he's one of the most impressive high school kids I have ever seen. And what's his name again? Jack Sawyer. Jack Sawyer. Is he from Pickerington or the other guy is? He's from Pickerington. Okay. Jack Sawyer from Pickerington. Pickerington, Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> but Ohio State's never had a problem with, with recruiting. Nope. Or at least not since, what, the 90s? It's been a while. Right. It's been a long time. 
And and the bad thing is the second best team in the Big Ten, recruiting wise, is Michigan, who's at fourteen. Mm-hmm. And when they have this fun little amicable divorce from uh, John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me. Yeah, I don't know how many of these kids are going to stick around. Well, who are you going to? You know, we've talked about this, Jim Harbaugh. We. I think we're all on the same page, or you and I are on the same page, of this is not working for either party. And there's a divorce coming. I don't think there's any way around that. But it's like the conversation that we always have in these situations. When you have a great coach at a college, it's a good situation, it's just not working out, who are you going to get? Who are you going to get that's better? Or who are you going to get that's going to sell more tickets or bring more interest to your program than Jim Harbaugh? There's not another coach out there, is there? No. The BYU coach? Are you going <laughs> to... Nobody knows who he is yet, and maybe that'll change if they make the college football playoff, but... Here's the thing. Michigan has one great big fatal flaw, and Michigan fans don't want to hear what it is I'm getting ready to say, but it's the truth. You don't know what you are. This is who you are. You're a 8-5, and 9-4, 10-3 team. Mm-hmm. And maybe once every 20 years you get a shot at a big one? Let, let's play a fun game. Jim Harbaugh's been at Michigan for the last five years. Okay. He has three 10-win seasons and has been to a uh, uh, if the, the playoff. He's been to one playoff game. In the 15 years previous to that, do you understand that Michigan only had four 10-win seasons in the 15 years before Jim Harbaugh got there? Mm-hmm. And everybody kills him because, oh, they lose to Ohio State. Ohio State's better than they are. Right. I don't care if you bring in Newt Rockney to coach this team. They're going to lose to Ohio State. Losing to because Michigan they're not bad, though. It's not as bad as people make it out to be. It's really not. I know this time it was. Historically, it's not. Right. Secret time? Uh... Michigan State's been in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Michigan hasn't. It's not that bad. Yeah. Program to program. All right. Let, let yeah, me, I, I, mean, I mean, a, I mean, I'll go a step further. Yeah. Michigan, as they sit right now, as a program, a football program, is closer to Michigan State than they are Ohio State. Agreed. And it's not even close. Agreed. I do agree. You know what? The optics are horrible. The optics of not being a, because after this after the loss this past weekend, Jim Harbaugh is now one and six against Ohio State and Michigan State since he's been at Michigan. Mm-hmm. He was hired to win those games. Those they he's were, not gonna. He's not gonna because you can't get kids to Michigan like that anymore. I mean, this is not that hard to figure out. Name me the last great Michigan quarterback. Can't there do you it. go. Can't do it. It's probably Drew Henson if I had a wager. <laughs> you just don't right. get. You just don't get guys like that, and you're not gonna. Uh huh. Because all right, let's say let's say I'm a high level, uh, I, I'm a high level college football quarterback recruit, like oh I don't know JJ McCarthy, current Michigan commit. Why would you go to Michigan? You don't have the talent. You're going to play against Ohio State. You're going to look bad because you don't have the supporting cast. Right. The funny thing is, Harbaugh finally got his quarterback 
as they're trying to run him out of town. Mm-hmm. And I got news for you. That kid will not show up with no Harbaugh. And I wouldn't blame him. No Harbaugh, no J.J. McCarthy. I don't know how this ends. And it's kind of maddening to think about. Will Jim Harbaugh step aside himself and go entertain an NFL job? I have I've thought I've thought the NFL's where he ends up for a I long time. I don't know that Michigan has the stones to pull the trigger on this. Oh, uh, they do. Do they? They do because they're rational. Okay. Michigan is they're the dangerous kind of program because they're they're nowhere near where they think they are. And they think everybody disrespects them and and that nobody appreciates being a Michigan man. Because it doesn't matter, right? Because you're a you're Notre Dame. That's it. Mm-hmm. You're nothing more than Notre Dame, right? You're not a threat to any of these high level schools. You might have a stray good year every once in a while, but you're not really a threat, right? Because think about the path if they decided to pull the plug and say we're done with Jim Harbaugh. Who are they going to bring in? They, they don't think that far. Greg that's Schiano. How they, that's how they wound up with Brady Hoke. Exactly. And Rich Rod. But th- that, and Lloyd Carr. But that's the level of guy that, that would be next, in my opinion. Because you're, you know, you're not luring away uh, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. No. And that's what you want. That's the level coach you want. But yeah, but you're not going to get that. No. But Michigan doesn't do that either because it's they're not Michigan men. We need a Michigan man, and I, I don't know who that's supposed to be, honestly. Right. I, I mean, if they fired Harbaugh right now, the names that you're going to hear, uh, Chris Peterson, I think would come up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy that retired at uh, TCU. Uh, no. No. You're thinking about Gary Patterson. Oh. Uh, Chris Peterson was at Washington. Washington. He's the he works in the athletic department. Now. Purple school. I was close. <laughs> oh, good gracious! <laughs> and and PJ Fleck and and Matt Campbell. And you know what's funny? I don't think not one of those guys leaves where they're at to come mm. to Michigan. Mm-mm. I don't. Why would Fleck leave? He's well, already he, in well, the because he's zero two, uh, and he just had one of the most embarrassing losses I've seen in the last ten years. Yeah, but you feel. I mean, I feel better about him where where he's at, rather than trying to take a high pressure job like Michigan. You're going to have to possibly be. You'd have to pay him too. Oh yeah, because he seriously considered taking the Florida State job, Mm -hmm. and they cut a big old check to keep him in in uh, Minnesota. (laughs) Exactly. But I mean, that's the that's the problem when we get into it. To me, I call this dumb dumb talk. Right. Of, oh, they're going to run Jim Harbaugh out of time. Okay, who are you going to replace him with? Mm-hmm. And and you have to remember, this is not just a, a simple college coaching search. We have to get a Michigan man. Charles Woodson. And Charles Woodson Who's not a coach. <laughs> if they're going to hire Deion Sanders at Florida State, then Charles Woodson should be able to go coach at Michigan, right? Yeah, you know what's funny? You keep, you've said that now the second time I've heard you say that. Uh, that's not that out of the realm of possibility. I know it's not, and that's why I said it. They could bring Larry Fedora in to be his offensive coordinator. <laughs> Charles Ugh. Woodson, he leads the program as the figurehead, the, the inspirational leader. 
Right. It's not good. No. The prospects aren't good for Michigan. All right. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and fourteen hundred six big picks tonight in college football. Up next. Six of them. In green on green. Coffee's the closers on Get them the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the work. Welcome back to the Sports Tank, ESPN Asheville, 92.9, 880, and 1400. If you've listened to this show for any period of time, you know that one of my favorite things to do is bet games that I know better than the line setters do. Yeah. And we have a few of those tonight. Nice. We have six Mac games. First one, Ball State and Miami of Ohio. This game started as a three-point Miami of Ohio lean. It has come down to a pick'em. I almost think this is going to be a push, but I'm taking Miami of Ohio. They're a better team, and I don't understand why this line's moved so much. This game didn't debut until two days ago. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't get it. Give me Miami of Ohio. Uh, Eastern Michigan and Kent State. This started as a seven-point spread down to four and a half. That's not enough. I'm going to take Eastern Michigan plus the four and a half. I like underdogs. Uh, Western Michigan and Akron. Western Michigan is probably the best team in this conference, and Akron's probably the worst. Uh, Western Michigan is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. Usually I wouldn't lay that many points, but I will tonight. (laughs) Western Michigan minus 20-and-a-half. Toledo is a 24-point favorite over Bowling Green. I'm going to take Toledo as well. (laughs) Bowling Green is an atrocity. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Google them. Uh, That's all I can tell you. There have been some weird things that have happened in that program this offseason. Uh, Buffalo plays Northern Illinois. Buffalo is a 14-point favorite. I like the underdog here. Northern Illinois is a good program, and they're coached really well. Give me Northern Illinois plus 14. Final game of the night, Ohio and Central Michigan. Ohio is a three-point favorite. The the fighting Frank Soliches are going to cover this one. Give me Ohio minus the three. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Mac football. Who who ain't ready for that? Mac football. Maction. <laughs> it's Wednesday night Maction. Uh AEW is on tonight, isn't it? I think we can I think we'll watch that. I don't know what that thing you just said is. That's that's the fledgling Chris Jericho oh, wrestling. You're talking about fake wrestling. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna i I'm gonna pass on that. Really? Oh yeah. You, you think so? Yeah, I'm 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 good. You think uh the 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 Mac is going to be able to to give us enough Maction tonight? Is it is it football? It is football. That's good enough for me. All right, all these games uh being carried by ESPN on either one of the channels or the Plus uh except for Ball State and Miami. Uh Ball State and Miami that that one got uh sloughed off to CBS Sports Network. Hey, I have that network, too. That means I can be bouncing between channels all night long. <laughs> it all starts up at 6 o'clock tonight. You're going to have a full six hours. A full six hours of Mac football to ingest. Uh, coming up this weekend in college football, we do have some really good matchups. We got Clemson taking on Notre Dame. We got Georgia against Florida. Uh, I know you, you diss the Big Ten, but... Michigan, Indiana. I feel like that's a that's going to be a fun game. Uh, yeah, if they played that one in my backyard, I would leave. You wouldn't even watch. Yeah, I you would, don't even care. I would go return a pair of pants before I would watch that game. 
Big Ten football's not that bad. It's pretty bad. It's not that it's, bad. It's pretty bad. It's it's egregious. There are no playmakers. It's slow. The ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, ugh. Ugh. There's still a chance uh, for several teams to make the college football playoff. The numbers don't look that great coming up after Sports Center. I will tell you uh, who's got the best chances and who has the least chances right now uh, to make the college football playoff. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm, I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Talking some college football as the college football week kicks off tonight with six MAC games. If you're just joining us, Jeremy just featured all of tonight's betting picks in the Mac on Green on Green. You can check it out on the podcast. It'll be posted when we're finished here. As every show is, you can take us anywhere you go, uh, live or on demand with the iHeartRadio app. So big matchups this weekend in college football. Top 25 matchups left and right. Clemson-Notre Dame, one against four. Let's start there. Who's your favorite? Uh, Early week pick. Are you picking anyone to beat Clemson ever? Uh, it's certainly not going to be Notre Dame. <laughs> There's only one team in college football that I would consider picking over Clemson. Oh, and I, I think d- when I we get to that, that point, way. I might. Oh, I don't feel that way. Really? I, I think you're talking about to win, and I'm talking about against the number. Yes, I'm talking about to win. To beat them, it would be hard to pick anybody against the number one team in the nation. I don't think Notre Dame comes close to covering this. I think they get blown out. What's the spread right now? Five and a half. And that's only because DJ Ugalele is is playing in this game. Right. You're and not guess gonna... what? I don't think that matters that much. Yeah, they're not going to have Trevor Lawrence in uniform once again. He will be on the sidelines, though. So he'll be there to support everybody. <laughs> and we'll see how many how many shots, how many shots on the camera do we get of uh Trevor Lawrence and that pretty hair throughout this game. Oh, it'll be a lot. Uh I I over under is 20. Oh, it, <laughs> it might be that many. <laughs> I think just, about it. I look at Notre Dame and go they're very <sighs> mm-hmm. run the ball, play defense. Yeah, I mean they've they haven't beaten anybody for one. This is without a doubt the best team on their schedule, and I just don't think that. I, I think athletically, Clemson is just so superior to them. Mm-hmm. It will be fun though seeing Clemson. I don't know why this has struck me so much, but seeing Clemson on NBC and this being a prime time game, I'm kind of looking forward to that part does, of does this. Does it kind of make you feel like? Clemson's taking another step. No, this is because Clemson's in their, because Notre Dame's in the ACC in their this year. national picture. 
uh, they literally just won a national oh, I know. title. So I, I, know. Don't, I don't know how much more of a step they would need to take. Uh, I think they still have a ways to go to be seen as like an all-time great program. Uh, and I think they're I on their way to that. I, I don't currently. I mean, you're never going to make up for the hundred years of tradition that no. San Ohio State has. No. But this is the premier spot in college football to play. Mm-hmm. They're in Alabama. It's the de- you know depends on which one. It's a dynasty. Yeah, it is a college football dynasty. I agree with you. I just look at Notre Dame and go, I don't see, I, I don't see the path to them winning this game. I don't see what they can do overly well, and I think Clemson's going to beat them savagely. <laughs> you don't think they're going to be able to stop them because Clemson's going to run the ball. A lot. Clemson's going to do everything that they want to. Just impose their will. Here's the, in my opinion, this is the best question of this game. In six games, Notre Dame's given up 59 points combined. Mm -hmm. I won't be shocked if Clemson challenges that in this one game. Really? I could see this being 59 to 10. Jeez. I don't believe, I don't buy Notre Dame at all, and I never have. But Clemson with the backup quarterback. Don't care. I think he is... Let's let's be really honest here. Mm-hmm. DJ Ugalele would probably be starting on every team in America outside of the top 10 to 15 schools. Okay. And probably for some is. of them. That's how good he is. Right. I was going to say he would probably start for some of those teams even. Yeah. Because... Uh, yeah, I was trying to come up with one off the top of my head, and I couldn't think. Georgia, Georgia, uh, Georgia. Yeah, so cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. He, he Georgia. would start for you, no doubt. Although You're you right. do have one quarterback on your roster that's far superior, and he doesn't play. So I don't know. I'm starting. Huh. I'm starting to have reservations about that. Is he far superior? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's far superior than this five seven. Uh, the little rootin' tootin' cowboy you got playing right now. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I feel like it's got to be so, something's got to be wrong, or this would have been made. This change would have been made by now. We'll get to more of that in a second. But Clemson, there's no one that can challenge them other than Alabama. They in just my have opinion. they just have players at every position. Mm-hmm. The defense is scaring me a little bit more after the Boston College game. Because Phil Jerkovich just dominated them. Mm-hmm. Open throwing lanes. And they didn't have to get all that cute either. Yeah. You know, they just literally, they just, I mean, they played smash mouth football. They ran, they threw reasonably well. And Jerkovich was arguably the best player on the field when mm-hmm. Boston College was out there offensively. And there was a bit of a, you know, I feel like there was a bit of a hangover. Uh, they weren't really sure how to react with not having Trevor Lawrence on the field. And so, you I mean, I give them a bit I, of a break. I didn't see any of that. I give them a bit of a break. I mean, something was something was definitely off. I mean, Boston College jumped out to a pretty, pretty sizable lead on the number one team in the country. Uh-oh. We have breaking news. Who's going to break the news? Detroit Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford 
has been put on the Rona list. Again? Yeah. Wow. He's on the Rona list. This is the second time for him. Uh-huh. Hmm. It continues to be an issue, and we're seeing more and more of it. Seems like every day now there's there's a new guy that's being put on the list. Ravens put guys on the list. Packers, the 49ers, the Broncos have now shut down their practice today. Oh, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this is not breaking news. I mean, I, I guess it kind of is. But okay. The Philadelphia Eagles just lost their uh, practice squad quarterback. The, Josh McCown, who was down in, in Texas just, you know, doing stuff. Right. He's the new backup quarterback of the Houston Texans. <laughs> okay. That tells you how bad that team is. Uh, things are going well down in Houston. It's not good. <laughs> uh, thankfully, only one game, though, has been canceled this week in college football, and it remains to be uh, the, the Wisconsin Badgers, who are, we remind everybody, just one more game away from not being able to play for their conference title. Those ridiculous 21-day waiting periods. You can get a gun faster than that, can't you? Uh, yes. Yeah. You, can. <laughs> you could get two of them in that same time. Uh, the other big game of the weekend in college football, Georgia and Florida. The game formerly known as the world's greatest cocktail party. You can't say that anymore because they don't want people thinking people drink at college football games. Uh, they do. You can see it on camera every week. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they are going to play this one in, in Jacksonville. And it's, it's a true defense versus offense story. I think you are going to get smoked really? by Florida. Yes, I do. I absolutely do. Because you can't score with them. You, you, you cannot score on mm-hmm. them. And you can't score on them? No, you can't. Well, you can't score with them. I'm sure you can score on them because their defense is atrocious. Right. You have a 5'7 walk-on quarterback Mm -hmm. going up against Kyle Trask and probably the most impressive offense outside of Clemson and Alabama in the country. See, the funny thing is I think you think I only say this to get under your skin. No, I don't. I think you are going to get taken. You remember those old Foghorn Leghorn cartoons where the dog would be asleep in the doghouse and Foghorn would pull him out by his tail and beat him with a ping pong paddle or something? <laughs> right. That's what this is going to look like. Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening, but, I mean, there, it could be. I mean, one of the best defensive players for Georgia is not going to be playing in this game, Richard LeConte. Uh, thankfully, he is out of the hospital. If you didn't hear this, he got into a uh, he got into an accident on the road in Athens after the game uh, last weekend against Kentucky, and he was riding a dirt bike, and somebody was making a left turn, and either he hit them or they hit him. I, it wasn't really no. There was no finger ever pointed in any of the stories about the the car crash, uh, but they did point out that the dirt bike ended up going into oncoming traffic and getting crushed. Thankfully, Richard wasn't with it. When it happened, he's been released from the hospital. He was getting treatment at the facility yesterday, but they, you know, he is going to be out for multiple weeks. So that right there is the one of the defensive leaders for the best defense in the country. 
And, yeah, I mean, I could see that. Where that could be a problem, going up against Kyle Trask, a guy who can sling the ball down the field. And, yeah, and that's the other thing. You got Kyle Pitts to contend with. Uh And I don't care how good your linebackers are, and I don't care how good your safeties are. There's very few players, probably no players in college football that can neutralize that guy. I'm just sitting here looking at the lines for all these games this weekend. I may not take a favorite in any of my picks on Friday. <laughs> now, be careful doing that. You, it didn't work out for you too much last week. I only had seven dogs. I have already seen seven dogs in top 25 games. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I have. All right. Uh, obviously, I'm going to... Uh, I'm, all my faith and hope is going to be in uh, in Georgia's defense, being able to do something against that defense, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, we'll find some kind of rhythm on offense because it has not been there. The run game's been the best thing we've had. Yeah, I don't, I don't like your I don't like your chances, and, and I get that. We have two. This is totally off topic, but we have two complete anomalies in college football this week. Okay. Air Force and Army are playing at 11.30 in the morning. Yes. That's odd to me. It's not the earliest game of the day, though. Uh, not by regional, not not by location. That was the other thing I was going to say. Yep. USC and Arizona State are kicking off at 9 a.m. West uh, Pacific time. Yep. 9 a.m. kickoff. Why? But why would you do that? Because they wanted them to be on the national stage. Oh, they think that's why nobody watches Pac-12 football? I guess. You could play this at 4 in the afternoon on... <laughs> it doesn't matter. I was trying to... I was trying, Every joke that came to my mind was I couldn't say. So Nice. It's been a long day. You know, I just... I'm, I'm mm-hmm. worn out. Mm-hmm. I, I've I've had I've I've had all of my fun. I'm tired of peopling today. <laughs> I think there's a lot of that going around today. So you're not you're not, but you know, hang in there with me. I'm, we got we got 45 minutes left. I, I'm just I'm ready to go home and barricade myself behind my door and hope that they don't nominate me as tribute. Yeah, if if you are by chance a uh, you know a California transplant uh, listening to the sounds of our voices, you can get excited about the fact that you are there is going to be a, an entire day where you can watch Pac-12 football. They are going to have that game kicking off at noon, Arizona State and USC, which will be 9 a.m. their time. And then it goes on from there. They've got a game kicking off at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 4.30, 7.30. It's going to be like 14 hours of, of Pac-12 of football. gross Pac-12 football. Right, because the best matchup they've got is Stanford-Oregon. Goof. Because Arizona's not good. No. The funny thing is that between Arizona State and Stanford... Probably the two best teams in the Pac-12 probably play their toughest opponent in week one. Yep. I think you're right about that. Oh, man, it would be... If we could just get rid of the Pac-12 in a week, that'd be cool. (laughs) We did that. We did it in two weeks with Big Ten. No, you still have Ohio State. Yeah, I don't... They're way more SEC than they are Big Ten. (laughs) I understand they play in that conference. I don't care. Uh, the Big 12, though. The Big 12 was eliminated in 
five weeks, mm-hmm. and nobody really believed they had a shot after two weeks. Because honestly, after Texas and Oklahoma lost, I don't think there was anybody else who thought, yeah, Oklahoma State's going to do this. Hey, there, were, there were people. Desmond Howard swore they were going to be in the college football playoff. No. no. I, I, I don't know what he was looking at, but. Well, I, you know, I always say there are those guys in the business who just say things to be different. And maybe that was Desmond's time. You know, we're talking about top 25 matchups uh, this week in college football. Right. There's another top 25 that, that the line doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Michigan and Indiana. Mm-hmm. Set that line. Uh, Indiana <laughs> minus one. Michigan by three and a half. That really? makes sense to me. Huh. Michigan's not good. I mean, I think they're okay. They're not good. Because Michigan State's not good. And Minnesota is horrendous. I mean, I watched some of that game, and I wasn't completely turned off by what I saw. I thought, that's an okay ball club. That means you're about as picky about college football as you are about food. May not be wrong about that. But uh, what's his name? Troy, Troy Milton? Joe Milton. Joe Milton. Troy Milton? I don't know. I don't know why Troy just stuck out to me. This is coming scenario. from the same guy this morning that I tripped up on who Daryl Green is. Yeah, that one's that one stumped me. <laughs> I had some Washington football teams message me, fans message me and go, "What is happening right now?" Sorry, it's irrelevant to me. I don't get steeped in Wednesday. Washington football team. It's only Wednesday. <laughs> it's only Wednesday. <laughs> And it's only going to get better. But you don't think there should be any way that Michigan is a is a dog to Indiana? No. Yeah, that's one of those underdogs that I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Mm-hmm. I'm picking that game. Mm-hmm. Unless something drastic changes. And I don't know what that could possibly be. I, I think that's going to be a fun game. Um, I, I mean, it's they may not be players on the national stage anymore. But Michigan football still relevant. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's as relevant as Notre Dame football. Which is also not relevant. Ah, okay. All right, well, if, as long as I know where your bar is. Uh, slow, plotting Midwest teams. They don't, that, 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 that kind of football doesn't do it for me. You need to see Clemson and Alabama. I need and... to see somebody that can score some points. Which is also why I hate your team. Because they don't, they don't score do points. That. Right. I mean, hell, we only scored 14 points against Kentucky. Ugh. And Kentucky doesn't have a bad defense, but there's no way that those stars should be putting up those kinds of numbers. And it all results back to the quarterback. You, you were right about that, and I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. CSPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. Let's see uh, what, let's see what the, uh, the analysts have to say about who's got the best percentage chances to make the college football playoff. You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. 
You probably think that you are better now. Hey, you're back in the sports tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville. And the best chance to make the college football playoff, Jeremy Green, according to the prognosticators, is who? Ohio State. Alabama. Alabama has the best percentage chance to make the playoffs at 88.3%. Ohio State is second at 85%. They have dropped Clemson to 72.3% chance. I guess because Trevor Lawrence is out and there's, they seem, uh, you know, if they're going to lose a game, it could be this weekend. It's not going to be. <laughs> I don't think it is either. Uh, I don't think anybody in the ACC is in the same class as Clemson. They're not. I mean, it, it, there's not a team in the country that's in that class. I mean, let's be really honest. They didn't play well at all against Boston College. Still found a way to win. Yep, still found a way to win, and still found a way to win with a true freshman fill-in quarterback. And after Notre Dame, they played Florida State, Pittsburgh, and Virginia Tech. Woof. (laughs) Best chance to win a title. I would say Alabama's. It's not Alabama. For some reason, Alabama's best chance to make the playoff Ohio State is a 36.3% chance to win the title. I'm going to disagree for the square. Uh, They give Alabama a 31% chance to win the title. Clemson, 15. Uh, I like those odds. (laughs) Right. Yeah, give me that. Yeah. Can I I make a wager on the other 85% of that? (laughs) Because I'm thinking it's... Should be closer to 30-something percent. Uh, Next on the list, we'll go down in order because there's a marked drop-off after those three teams. The next team on the list is going to be more than likely eliminated uh, by Monday, and that's Wisconsin. They give them a a nearly 40% chance to make the playoff. Uh, Georgia is at 26.5. Notre Dame's at 25 Oregon, USC, now we're down in the teens. BYU's at 13.9. Cincinnati is at 4.5%. Yeah, I, if you'll give me 21 to, 20 to 1 odds on Cincinnati making the playoff, I'll take it all day. 4.5% <laughs> chance. Um, and, you know, no one is... Uh, they got Wisconsin as the fourth best odds to win the title. That's stupid. Uh, or percent chance. That's stupid. Seven and a half percent chance. They have zero percent chance because they're not even going to play. Be able to play for the conference title. So the uh, the playoff predictor thinks that it's either going to be Alabama or Ohio State as the national champion. Overwhelming favorites over Clemson and the rest of the field. Uh, I will take the field. If that was a bet, somebody said. I'll take Alabama, Ohio State. You get the field. Are you taking the field? Mm, no. Yes. 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 Because I honestly believe it's going to be Clemson again. I think if, if for me it's 50, 50 shot Clemson or Alabama, and I I might have Alabama ahead by just a hair, mm-hmm. but only because I've seen them do otherworldly things. <laughs> right. I think it might be a different story if Clemson had Justin Ross. If they had him, 
I'm thinking they could match the, you know, the, those teams would match so well. I mean, it, because you, you very well could be right. Because I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm being too critical here, but if you're looking for a flaw in Clemson, the flaws that I've seen have been with the receivers. The flaw I have seen has been in the defense. But I mean, then then again, I could say the same thing about Alabama. Mm-hmm. They let Ole Miss hang almost half a hundy on them, right? And that team's not great. No, they're not. But I like Clemson. I do like Clemson. Alabama's offense, if we're going offense for offense, I think they've got a little bit more star power on that team. But I'm not I'm not betting against Trevor. I'm really not. When he's on the field, he's just shown that he does not lose. And that's why he's going to be the number one overall pick in the draft, and he'll be a New York Jet. To my Jets. And Jeremy will have... He'll have one. He'll have a jersey. Oh, yeah. You'll have a Trevor Lawrence jersey within the first week. I ordered, the draft. A, I ordered a Darnold jersey not nine minutes after he <laughs> after the name was said. <laughs> but you don't wear it. No, I don't. Why? Mm, Seems odd to me. I don't have a good answer to that. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Hey, did you know that last night was election night? Hadn't mm. heard that. No. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just a couple of weird things that happened uh, on election night, uh, you know, aside from the story of the little town in Wisconsin where the election official just decided I'm too tired to count votes and just went home. Did you hear that story? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Um, Tommy Tuberville is now a U.S. Senator. Um, Representative Anthony Gonzalez, formerly of the Indianapolis Colts and of uh, Ohio State, he was reelected as well. And Kanye West has conceded the presidential race. I shared a picture on my Twitter, at ESPN of Kanye watching election results yeah. by himself. It's one of the saddest things you'll ever see in your Aww. life. Made me laugh a ton. Like like there was no one else in the room? Nope. Just him. Wow. All by himself. Couldn't even couldn't even gather a party together to check that out. Well, he's just being he's just being COVID conscious. That's what that is. No. He just, he he just wanted to social distance. I don't <laughs> believe that he was. Kanye West on the ballot in twelve states. And he said he basically just conceded in a tweet that said, well, Kanye 2024, so he's going to try it again in four more years. He received over 1,000 votes in all 12 states that he was on the ballot. And if you had the bet of over 5,000 votes was how many he was going to get in the state of Colorado, congratulations, you were a winner because he's just shy of 6,000 votes. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. More people in the 11th district of North Carolina voted for Tracy DeBrule to be a congressman than people voted Kanye West to be president in Colorado. Yeah. (laughs) Take that for what you will. To me, that spells weird. Yes. Uh, you know, 
I'm scared of a few things. Now I have a new thing to be scared of. Two kayakers escaped uninjured when they briefly ended up in the mouth of a humpback whale that surfaced beneath them. Whoa! Julie McSorley and Liz Cottrell said they were kayaking and whale watching Monday off the coast of Avila Beach when the whale surfaced from underneath the boat. A video recorded by a witness shows the women and the kayak in the whale's mouth before they all disappeared under the surface of the water. McSorley said, I saw the big pool of fish, the big bait ball come up out of the water. I saw the whale come up and I thought, oh no, it's too close. (laughs) It's too close. I I believe I would have reacted in a slightly more aggressive manner than, oh heavens. (laughs) I'd have screamed, I'm coming, Geppetto. It's it's too close. (laughs) The pair said they ended up capsized in the water as the whale left them behind. Oh, my gosh. They shortly made their way back to shore uninjured. You know, I've always thought, I've always been, you know, the guy that thinks that would be cool to go out and whale watch or whatever. Um, but I'm going to be needed. I, I'm going to need to be like on one of those Alaskan cruise ships to go whale watching. Like, there's no chance I'm being out there in the smallest vessel possible with whales around me. Just on the off chance that something like that could happen. I mean, a tail whip is one thing. Ending up in the, in, in the mouth of the whale is not, not great. Yeah, I don't want to end do up that. being a Bible story. I yeah, really. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> doesn't sound appealing to me uh, at all. Oh, but I mean, that's what you get. You take, uh, you take nature for granted and that's what happens. You get swallowed up by the fish. Jeez. All right. Uh, it's, it's been a heck of a year in fantasy football and I, I can't, I can't give you any hope moving forward, but I will tell you this. If you jumped on chase Edmonds, this is the week it's going to pay off for you. I think he might be my favorite play of the week. Your, your favorite period? I mean, of guys that you wouldn't normally start. Chase Edmonds against the Miami Dolphins. No Kenyon Drake. But I like the Cardinals in that game. Am I wrong? No, I like the Cardinals in that game as well. Mm-hmm. I think this is the week that you're going to see Tua come off the... Uh, he, he comes off the rails a little bit this week. Well, how could he come more off the rails than the first week? Well, it could directly affect their ability to win, which it didn't do against the Rams. Right. It didn't matter how ineffectual he was. I, ineffective. Ineffective. What did I say? Ineffectual. Yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah, that's, that's not the same thing. That's not the same thing at all. <laughs> uh, that, that threw me Two off Two hours of sleep. Sorry, man. Uh <laughs> Um, I, I just think he's he might get sucked into the the idea of trying to shoot out with Kyler Murray. Okay, and that won't go well. Well, he doesn't have the horses. No, I not mean at he, all. he he doesn't have anybody to throw to. Uh, Devontae Parker is his best shot, and that's it. Yeah, he does, he doesn't have much else. I I don't. I don't like the weapons. Mike Gesicki ain't doing it for me. 
the fact that you're they're not going to have Miles Gaskin. So actually, this might be the chance for Matt Breda to have a breakout. But I don't trust that as far as I can throw it because they've all been bad. All of the runners for Miami have been bad this year. But I honestly think I, I think this is the this is the the week that uh, if you invested in him, Chase Edmonds is going to pay off for you. Um, I don't know, just just a feeling that I have. Um, who is your favorite play this week? Whose matchup do you like the most out of the uh, running backs? Um, let's see. I mean, obviously, Carolina's one of the worst run-stopping teams in the league, so mm-hmm. I, I, I like the, the two-headed monster of Edwards Alaire and Le'Veon Bell. You know, you might tell me I'm crazy here, but I really like Josh Jacobs against the Chargers. He's such a volume okay. guy, and he's been getting the volume, which was the problem last year. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of these days, one of these weeks, he's just going to break out, and I could see it being this week against the Chargers. Okay. I can get down with that. Um, what do you think about CMC coming back? Do you have you're high still hopes? Gonna, well, yeah. I mean, he, he'll be fine. You're just gonna you'll you'll see more of Mike Davis this week than you see in any other week moving forward because they're not going to bring him back to thirty touches. Mm-hmm. I would say. McCaffrey probably has 15 to 18 touches in this game. Is there any way that, that, that Tyreek Hill doesn't have a huge game this week? No. Against Dante Jackson? Yeah, no. He's And, and the bad thing is Dante Jackson is one of the only corners in the league that can actually run with him. Mm-hmm. But he can't cover to save his life. No. He's very grabby. He's grabby, he's aggressive, and th- th- that just doesn't play well. Because Tyreek Hill's a guy who'll play with you, too. Tyreek Hill is not just, you know, he's not just the guy that's going to go out there and burn you and do his job. He's also the guy that's going to he's gonna mess with your head a little bit. And Dante Jackson, he's never had that. He's never had the ability to control that part of himself. And that's actually what I kind of liked about him when he was coming out. He was coming out of LSU, and they drafted him, and I thought... This is going to work because I like this kid. I like the attitude and the swagger that he brings, but it also gets him in trouble a lot. And I just, for some reason, I don't, I, do, I just don't, I don't see this going well. I mean, I don't think Panther fans have a whole lot of hopes that they're going to be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but at least you want to make it look good. And I don't see a path for that this week. Especially when the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are coming off of that big beatdown of the New York Jets last week, where they just do whatever they wanted to, and I and I don't see much difference for the Carolina Panthers this week. I honestly think they're going to be able to do whatever they want to, and it probably will be a complete and utter blowout because they just don't know who stops them. Now the Panthers might be able to score on them. Robbie Anderson, Teddy Bridgewater, they'll be able to move the ball against Kansas City. I mean, heck, the New York Jets were doing it this week, or this past week. Not really. Y'all were moving the ball all right. I mean, it never ended well. Nothing to write home about. Right. It never ended well. But as bad as you guys were, I mean, Braxton Berrios was making catches. 
I like the chances of DJ Moore doing something this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I just think there's going to be a whole lot more Chief than there is Panther in this. You're in the Sports Tank on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Proud to bring you Ingles. Chew on that segment with Caleb. If you're in Asheville and you're not outside, get outside. It is a gorgeous Wednesday here on the Land of the Sky. I'm Caleb Peak. This is Chew on That, brought to you by Ingles Markets. Low prices, love the savings. Yeah, I thought it was very important, uh, not only to just to get as many people uh, out to vote as possible, but also to use a place uh, as Arrowhead, where we show a lot of, uh, have a lot of fun, show a lot of love, a unity, uh, where people coming together, and use that a place where we can come together and vote and use our voice. And uh, I thought Arrowhead was a perfect place for it, and the Chiefs were were all aboard with it, and uh, some other guys on the team. We all just made effort, made our efforts strong, and really got it to be a, a central point for everybody to go vote. As for me, uh, speaking for myself, I think I just got a little. You got tired of seeing this happen over and over again, and no, nothing really changing. And as I've as I've gotten more and more of a platform, I understood that it just wasn't right, and I want to do whatever I could to to make to make the world a better place. And for me, that that first step was to speaking out and using my voice. And now is to get as many people out to vote as possible. For most of us, 2020 has been a rough one, but it's been a great year for Pat Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, and his first trip to the biggest stage of them all. Soon to be husband, 500 million dollar man, part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Soon to be father, he threw for 416 yards and five touchdowns Sunday against the repugnant New York Jets. And now Patrick Mahomes can add one more accolade to this year's resume. Democratic enabler. What you just heard a few moments ago was Pat Mahomes speaking with Steve Weich and Jim Trotter on the Huddle and Flow podcast about his recent decision to personally fund part of the Kansas City Chiefs voting initiative at Arrowhead Stadium. According to reports by the Washington Post, the whole thing was dangerously close to never getting off the ground, mainly because of how expensive voting machines are. Ultimately, the Chiefs organization, the Hunt family, and Mahomes Foundation, 15 in the Mahomes, asked the Missouri Board of Elections one question. What's it going to take? A short amount of time and one six-figure payment later, Arrowhead Stadium became a major polling place in the Kansas City metro area, where Andy Reid and Chiefs President Mark Donovan cast their ballots on Tuesday morning. And since all those voting machines were purchased outright, they're expected to continue to pay dividends for many elections to come. Now, here's the miraculous thing about this. Patrick Mahomes is 25 years old. Let me say this up front. There are not a lot of 25-year-olds I would trust with $500, let alone $500 million. Why? Because they wouldn't do this with it. It's clear that Mahomes has been raised to really be an American because here's the thing about copious amounts of cash. It only amplifies the character that's already within you. If you come into some money and you're an overall scumbag, not trying to generalize here, you'll probably spend large amounts of that money on pretty sleazy things. If you're of the religious sort, part of that newfound wealth will likely end up in the offering plate. Am I right? Everybody has convictions, moralities, and deep beliefs that define who we are as people. But not everybody has the means to act upon those convictions and beliefs. And that's a huge reason why people like Patrick Mahomes are so important. I look at it this way. If not Pat Mahomes, then who? Clearly, the older generation of quote-unquote halves don't give a rip whether you vote or not. I place the most blame at the top of the pile with Jeff Bezos and his $180 billion net worth. 
Now, don't get me wrong. For some, elections can be profitable. That's why, as of last year, Amazon has sold its AWS software to 40 states and counting to help with vote processing in state and county contests. Not necessarily a bad thing, but in the meantime, Amazon workers were signing petitions asking for paid time off so they could vote without sacrificing any hard-earned dollars. Amazon pointed to one of its pre-existing policies and moved on without batting an eye. Individuals like Bezos, who turn nauseatingly high profits off of free and fair elections, have a moral obligation to reinvest in the same communities that are purchasing their products. They just do. Without the freedoms granted here in the United States of America, Amazon never could have expanded out of Jeff's garage. But when you can afford to buy your own set of laws, who needs freedom anyway? Here's the meat of this salty little diatribe. Like it or not, it looks like it's up to the Mahomes generation to be the advocate for the grassroots voter. At 25, he's already leaving a profound impact on the world around him. Last night, right here in western North Carolina, we elected a 25-year-old to the House of Representatives, the youngest to be elected to Congress in modern history. I wish him luck, because Washington is going to try to tear him limb from limb. It's a scary time for so many listening right now, because we're headed into uncharted waters as a nation. But I believe Pat would agree with me when I say that this country must handle new situations by turning to an old text, the Constitution of the United States. And if there's an area where government isn't going to help you, just remember that we're a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people. If more millionaires were like Patrick Mahomes, maybe we wouldn't have a need for so much government. I'm Caleb Peak. That's something to chew on. Navigating the local real estate market can be confusing and a major hassle. Know when to buy, know when to sell. Which neighborhood fits all of your family's needs? You need a friend in the business. Perhaps a native who knows where to look to find what you need. Whether buying or selling, let Matt Light of Keller Williams Mountain Partners be your local real estate connection. Call Matt at 772-7605. That's 772-7605 or go to mattlightproperties.com. That's L-E-I-C-H-T. Who's going to break the news? 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 Okay, this is breaking news in the sports world. I, I know... There might have been some confusion with the last breaking news. We're not doing politics today. I, I, you can go other places I, I'm not, to find yeah, that. I'm not doing politics, period. Yeah, you can could, you could find that in other places. You want to get caught up on that. Uh, news Radio 570, WWNC, our sister station's great great place to do that. Breaking news in the sports world. Apparently, we are close. And the NBA Players Association's uh, members are close to approving the December twenty second or sooner start to the end to the NBA season. I feel like that's a that's a monumental thing because there was at one point people were opining that there was going to be a, a shutdown and they were just going to you know cancel the CBA and all this kind of stuff you know uh, trigger the force majeure in the CBA. And we'd have to start all over with another negotiation on how long the next season's going to be and the 50-50 revenue split and all of that. So this is good news. This is positive news for the NBA. That the players are apparently going to come together and approve the start of the season for December 22nd. uh, And they will agree to the reduced 72-game schedule. Sources reporting 
to ESPN. Bad idea? Uh, I mean, they have to get back. I mean, they have to get back. Yes. They can't come. We we learned this year they cannot go up against the NFL. Right. Because they get demolished. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, I mean, if you have to lose game, no matter what you have to do, you have to get back on the floor. <laughs> right. you got to get back to it. And uh, I will not be surprised to see a lot of guys sitting out at the beginning of the season. They'll play in the big games but won't play in the, in the, in the smaller games. Uh, LeBron James is going to be, you know, he's going to be in one of the primetime games on Christmas Day. Uh, but that might be the only game that he plays for the first two weeks of the season. I don't look for that to happen. You don't think so? Uh-uh. I think they'll be really worried about injuries. And they should be. Not having the not having the time to have a complete off season and all the workouts and the run ups and all of that, I think I think players and coaches are going to be very mindful of that early on in the season. And especially for a team like the Los Angeles Lakers, how far are you going to fall behind? Uh, I mean it can hurt. It can certainly hurt. It could. I mean, obviously, Golden State's going to be back and all of that, but do you really care at this point? You just won a championship. Who cares if we end up as being the fifth seed as opposed to being the first seed? I mean, here's the thing. You're going to have a three-month layoff for every team except four of them. Okay. I mean, the minus the, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Heat, and the Celtics. Right. They're the only teams that played past September fifteenth, right? And obviously, the other teams, the other teams that haven't played since March, are by the way, are, they're ready. That's the usual layoff. I mean, the usual layoff is about four months, but mm-hmm. I mean, still. Then you got teams like Golden State that haven't played in a year. You know, it's been nine months since they played a game, right? By the time the season actually mm-hmm. tips off mm-hmm. again, do you expect a lot of rust out of them? With all the guys coming back from injury, and or do you think they'll be ready to roll? They'll just pick it up where they left off. I think it's going to start. I think the whole se- the season on the whole will start ugly. Mm-hmm. You know, you the teams that played late I, it might have a little less rust, but I don't. I think it's going to be a negligible difference, right? Not having camp, not having preseason, that's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think you know they'll just fire up. It'll be ugly for a few weeks. I got news for you: if you haven't been an NBA fan for an extended period of time, the first month of the season is usually pretty ugly. It's pretty rough anyway. <laughs> there's yeah, there's no there's no argument there. My big qualm is going to be with the fact that you're going to have rookies that have been in the building for a month. Right. It is going to suck for the rookies. The the rookies are going to it will start really slowly for, for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And what about uh, you know what about young teams that are going to rely on those top picks to perform immediately? It's just going to be rough for them. I don't think you're going to have a lot of expectation on any of the rookies, honestly. I mean, depending on where they go. You know, if Lamelo Ball winds up in Charlotte, then yeah, you're going to have a pretty high expectation right. there because it'll be a starting point guard, right? But you know James Weissman or or Anthony Edwards or any of these other guys. If Golden State doesn't trade out, one of them's going there, right? And so he's just going to be an ancillary piece, and they'll factor him in. Minnesota's not going to have real high, you know, aspirations, and they're going to be trying to figure out D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, it's going to be an ugly start to the season, but the good thing is we'll have NFL to watch during that. <laughs> so by the time the NFL season starts, we should be back to very normal basketball. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but we are, you know, things, thing, things are moving forward. We're only uh, three weeks now from the start of college basketball. We are uh, apparently only about uh, eight weeks now away from the start of the NBA. And we'll have high school sports coming up here real soon as well. So uh, things are getting things are getting back to normal. I like it, but I think this is exactly what the NBA needed to happen. And I think everybody is smart to come to the table and say yes. This we have to start on December twenty second. We can't wait till January to push it back. That was never going to be a good option for the NBA in the first place. And I think this just goes to show, once again, what one of the best, you know, one of the best run leagues in professional sports looks like. Everybody can come to the table, everybody can see what needs to be done, and everybody can compromise and make it happen. If only our election system worked that same way. We'll see you tomorrow right here at 3 on ESPN Asheville. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. in the Sportsocracy. Follow it, like it, share it on all the social medias at the Sportsocracy.